All right, guys, welcome to episode 135 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Evil Dead Rise, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, climbing up Ever's personal charts. Um, <laughs> we talk about uh, Final Fantasy Origins, finishing that. Uh, we talk about the, uh, the fucking age-like-milk uh, Resident Evil uh resident evil one <laughs> um we talk about a couple always sunny episodes the writers guild strike and uh the nfl just absolutely dominating any sort of thing with literally no info um <laughs> like literally making announcement that they don't have info yet um <laughs> and and then we uh we briefly touch on jamie fox in the light of recent news uh but first So, as usual, start some things we've watched or uh, played uh, recently. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with one of mine that I don't have much yeah. to, to do. Uh, but I finished the Final Fantasy Origins, uh, which is the one I started before I started the PlayStation 1 game. Uh, and I put on pause, mm-hmm. but I finished it. It's uh... So, it's... Man, I so this is the one where like it got the the trailer and the trailer was absolutely awful and uh, mm-hmm. like people just immediately wrote it off and then when I looked it up it had great reviews and I was like oh I forgot this game even existed. Um, <laughs> so the gameplay loop is incredible. Like it, mm-hmm. um, it's got a ton of stuff to do. Um, once you beat the game, there's like a new game plus, but it's like very expanded. Um, also, the story kind of works in the new game plus kind of way, and that there's like a cyclic kind of point to it. Um, story wise, it's like probably one of the most bare bones fucking stories ever, which is even like by design, like as you're playing the game, you're like, oh, this is definitely intentional. Like, it's whether it was intentional because that was the goal from the start, I don't know, mm-hmm. or if it's just one of those things where they're like, they were so ambitious in like the combat and the gear system and all this where like they got to the story part and you know, they were looking at the amount of money they had and they're like, you know what, let's just kind of, you know, let's make this very basic. It's not very narrative driven. Um, there's just a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> the, the reason why I think that could be on purpose is that they have final fantasy 16 coming out. And this came out, I think, last year. Um, and they don't release these story games that often. Also, they released... Square Enix released another game that flopped like shit. Um, but it was supposed to be a big deal. I think it was called, like, Forspoken. Flopped mm. like hell, but I think it was supposed to be, like, a new IP they were trying. So, mm. I think between Forspoken and 16 coming out, this was kind of always, like, a little side project. Um, my hope is that they were really... Like, I didn't like the combat and 15 all that much um but my hope is that the time they spent really like dialing in the combat for this one with very little story sets up the combat in 16 to be like very high quality where they take all the bones they all the fundamentals they built on this move that over and then put it with a more narrative experience um so kind of like or they go like wow this worked really well let's use it kind of like um how they were like they added the ship shit in Assassin's Creed 3. And they yeah. were like, holy shit, this turned out really well. Let's just make a whole movie out of it, and they, or a whole game out of it. And they made the, what is it? Uh, Black, Flag. Black Flag. Yep. Incredible. I love Black Flag, right? Yeah. So it's like that. It's like you take something that's like, hey, this works fine. And then you, you know, you naturally expand on it. And you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. Right. So they, I think they nailed a lot of that. Um, the story does have, it's again, very bare bones, has a twist at the end that is like legitimately cool if you are the type of person that keeps up with final fantasy stuff in general 
Um, okay. Without any prior knowledge of Final Fantasy, it's really not that good. Um, this is the name of this is Origins, and like you kind of figure out that like the character you're you're giving a cutscene at the very beginning of the villain from Final Fantasy One named Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're giving a cutscene of him just like running roughshod through this castle and just fucking like murdering people. Also, this one's rated. Uh, M, which is like I think like mm. the first Final Fantasy rated M. This shit's bloody. Like they pull no punches. They're going all in. Um, but anyways, he's like just murdering everybody in this castle. And there's a thing he does that your character does all throughout the game. And you're like, I think that's supposed to be a clear like they don't tell you up front, but I think it's supposed to kind of be in the forefront of your mind the whole time that this could be that guy. Um. But they, they pull it together that you are, I mean, it's kind of cheesy. Like, you're a bad guy for good reasons at the end. Mm-hmm. But, like, the cutscene is, <sighs> spoiler alert for anybody who gives a shit about this, where it's a spoiler for, like, this game and Final Fantasy 1, which came out, I don't even know when, is that there's an outside race of aliens, for lack of a better term. I mean, they're not, like, mm-hmm. actual aliens, but, you know, they're outsiders. Um... And they basically just, they, uh, like, inject darkness and light into this dimension, um, trying to just keep a balance because they gain something from that. Um, And if it goes too far in either direction, they have to reset the whole thing. You come to find out that you've been, like, the guy they send to keep both sides in check, and you've been that for a million cycles, and you've left breadcrumbs for yourself every time mm. because you realize you like you think it's fucked up that we're doing that to all these people mm-hmm. but every time they reset like they wipe your memory so like you like i said you're leaving all these little breadcrumbs for yourself and the end of it is that you become his name's jack and then you learned at the end he's like my name's jack jack garland and you're like uh okay <laughs> you like snapping your fingers pointing at the tv like leo um so he says that, and then, like, it, basically, he becomes the villain. He becomes so powerful that he, like, separates the, like, the alien people just, like, close off that dimension. They're like, this one's just too much trouble now. Like, we can't fuck with this. And the logic is that you and your party become the main villain from Final Fantasy One. The four sub-bosses called the Four Fiends, because you have four party members. And um, you are like the strongest people in the area and his reason for doing that is that like he wants to cultivate the strongest like heroes so like once he finds heroes that can defeat him he knows that the world's in safe hands basically is like the the thing um it's kind of like convoluted but the cool part about it is that like he sits on the throne in his full garland outfit and the next cut scene is like the doors open and like four dudes walk in and the warrior of light from the first final fantasy has a very distinct like shield sword and helmet and it's like his silhouette walking through the door and so like it's just a cool little callback to final fantasy one ties it all in nicely and it just it, Mm -hmm. it looks cool to see after you having played this you know what i mean yeah um, it's not a whole lot to it. That, like, that literally, I just told you the whole story of the game. Like, there's nothing else there <laughs> other than what I told you. But it's done pretty well, and all the other gameplay stuff is fun enough. So, um, Nice. So, it's $40 on the PlayStation Store. I think I found a used disc copy for, okay. like, 20 or $30. Um, okay, that's not bad. So, if you... I think it's definitely worth that. It may not may not be for everybody, but I think it's it was worth 20 30 bucks easy. Um, so. No, yeah, I usually, like, for me, like, if it, if a game is, like, they're 20 bucks, I usually get it, like, um, I forget what I bought that was, like, 20 bucks, but it, only if I know it's, like, worth it. I think I bought, um, that was the fucking thing, uh, Odyssey for 20 oh, bucks. Oh, yeah, that's Because I knew Odyssey. I was, yeah, and I got, like, 130 hours out of it, so that's, like, yeah. more than, <laughs> for me, that's, like, totally worth it, right? But if it's, like, a first-person shooter, I usually wait for, like, 10 bucks. I mean, I know it's like you cheap bastard, but it's like, well, you know, if it's an old game and it's not one that I know I'm going to love, like right off the bat, like something like Horizon or Spider-Man or God of War, then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance, but I'm going to wait and see how much that is. So 20 bucks, 20, 30 bucks for a game that I know is going to be big and that I'm going to love. It's actually not that bad. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty solid. So that, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that game. And I'm, nice. I'm good on that game now. So what, what have you been watching? 
Yeah, so I have a, a couple movies, um, but I'm going to start with the big one that just came out, and it's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And okay. so this one just came out, and it's the you know the third entry into the into the Guardians trilogy, and it wraps it up. And I think it's not really a spoiler to say that because I think all the advertising has been pretty much like come see the. Yeah, end. I was about so, to say I believe this is the last one. Like without yeah. being the kind of person that follows all the news, I'm like I'm pretty sure this is the last one, right? Yeah, I think they've been pretty explicit in the marketing, which is actually pretty nice. It's actually change of it's a nice change of pace. I think it's only probably the second time they've done this. After Endgame, and even Endgame, you know, now they're, you know, the series goes on, but they're, you know, Endgame was like, this is it, right? You know, you know whatever it takes, this is the finale. And I think this is the, they market it in the same way as, as those two. Um, I think you and I have spoken on here about, I think this is the first movie of Phase 5. And Phase 4 was kind of a mixed bag. We had, we, you know, there's stuff we really liked, stuff that we didn't like. Um, actually, no, the first Phase 5 was... Quantumania. So, but yeah, but anyway, the start of five and all of four is kind of a mixed bag. We're kind of like, eh, you know, with all the shows and shit. Um, but I'm happy to report that this is actually, I'm going to say, the best one since um, Endgame. So I think wow. it's the best one since Endgame. I know, you know, we talked out here before about how much we love No Way Home, but, you know, as a movie, looking back on it, you kind of go, well, you know, it's pretty good, right? It's like, it's great, but it's, you know, most of the the shine, the appeal is that sort of like, oh my God, they're here, they're all together, right. you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> But I, I think it's very close, right? Shang-Chi, that one, um, Multiverse of Madness, which I think I'm much more high on than most people, and I'm missing, I think there's one more that I was kind of like really high on that I really liked. Um, I can leave like Panther, maybe Wakanda Forever, maybe you know, maybe. it's kind of like you know, that, but then you know, on the other end, you have pretty explicit, pretty clear, like, woof, like that was not great, like, Quantum Mania, uh, right? <laughs> Love and Thunder, Eternals was fine, I liked it more than most people, but I thought it was just fine. Um, and then of course, some of the shows, I was just like, Ugh. and but then some of the shows are great, so this one is great, I think the story, um, is pretty great you know it makes you care you know you care about these characters so the shit that they go through you're actually like rooting for them it looks great like the set like you know how we were talking about how quant- everybody always shits on quantumania because it's like they just put motherfuckers in front of a green screen and they just put a bunch of shit in the background right right um and this is the same I and mean, it, it just shows the difference between somebody who knows what they're doing and somebody who doesn't right mm-hmm. where i'm sure it's all the same technology the same crew i'm sure the same people but james gunn probably knows how to be like well you know let's put actual sets and we'll mix it in so that when we have cgi ones people won't know the difference rather than just be like make it all cgi they won't care right and there's right. a great um it's like a, it's like a what is it like a factory it's like an office building but it's an office building in space and but it so it's completely design like on anything you like unlike anything you've ever seen before so when they're in there you're like how did they like make this and build this and like how does it look like like real real like tangible real even though it's all fake which is not something that happened in quantumania because i was like it's all is all fucking shitty bullshit right um so it looks great the story's great um damn i was gonna say one more thing about it the performances are all great um bradley cooper you know people always like I tweeted about this about how people are always like, we need to bring back real voice actors, actors who don't, you know, actors don't, they don't know how to voice act. You know, they're just good actors, right? Like it was what they were saying about Chris Pratt because of the Mario one, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, he's just going to be like doing his Chris Pratt voice and he's not going to be actually acting. Um, I think Bradley Cooper as Rocket in this is so good. Like he is so good. Like there's like scenes where he's, crying or he he has like a he, his voice is breaking or something and it sounds so good like he sounds it, like it, it sounds like a real like character right right and i'm like dude like and he well that's was a cameo um he had a small part in a movie recently where he came in for just a small part and he like killed it in that too and so i was i tweeted i was like is he like the best actor working right now? Like, <laughs> is he like the best actor that we have, like as a, as a country, like, you know, Adam driver and him or just like, because he kills it in that movie. He kills it in like his regular full, you know, acting movies. And he kills it in this as like voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's great. The movie's great. Um, damn, I was going to say one more thing and I fucking forgot about it, but um, yeah, it's nice to have a movie that, you know, great villain, 
great action set pieces. God damn it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna bug me. I had a thing that I was gonna say and I forgot about it. But anyway, yeah, Guardians 3, can't recommend it enough. Um, do you think you'll go see it? Like, do you have, are you like, oh, I remember now. So, I rewatched two, right? I rewatched one and two. One was great. I'm like, wow, I really like it. I really like this. And two, as I was rewatching it, I was struck by how much I kind of just thought it was fine. Like, I didn't love it. And I remember liking it a lot more. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, I'm not really, like, digging this. And then looked up Rotten Tomatoes. It's got, like, a 90 or an 89. I was like, am I, like, the one person who doesn't love this movie? And I looked up, you know, people always tweet out their list of, like, their rankings of MCU movies. And, that like, Volume 2 is, like, at the top of a bunch of people's. I I disagree completely. I'm with you. Like, I even remember when I watched that movie at, I think we watched it in theaters. Yeah. I remember thinking it felt like, all right, this is like super hateful and I don't mean it this way, but it like gave me the same kind of feeling to a much lesser degree, but like a soulless cash grab sequel. Like, I, yeah. I feel like so much of its personality just hinges on being like, all that stuff you liked from the first one. And like, Again, <laughs> right, yes, yes. I felt the same way as I'm watching it, cause, especially because I had just seen one bef- the day before. And as I'm watching, I'm like, damn, like, I don't... And I remember, in the, even in theaters, I liked it fine, probably like that, like at seventy percent. And then rewatching it, I'm probably closer to like fifty. Um, and I remember watching in theaters and being like, "Wait, y- you kind of have like a wait, like is something wrong with me? Like, are these movies growing? Like, this is 2017, right? So I'm like, right, have, have these movies peaked? Like, do I not like these? And then like two months later is uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I. I fucking love Spider-Man Homecoming. It's like one of my top ones. And so I was like, no, no, it's the movies that are wrong. This movie's great, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, the, the, I love Spider-Man Homecoming. It is so goddamn funny. But, and so yeah, so and then I rewatched it now. And I was like, damn, like that really kind of was sort of mid. Um, and so, you know, I was excited for it because people were saying the finale. Then I watched two and I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I watched three and I was like, nope, he's got it, right? Like, whatever he... Maybe it's because it's a little bit darker than the rest. It's he's maybe a little bit more like in a, like in a, a funk since he's leaving Marvel and he's going to DC. Maybe he's like, fuck it, I'm doing, you know, I'm going out with a bang. So whatever he did, James Gunn, whatever he changed, I think it was for the better because I think it's um it's much, much better. Good deal. Um, so, yeah, I, I was glad to see that people were speaking highly of this movie just because also like... I don't really know where they're at in terms of, like... I don't know if they show up in any of the other Marvel movies. But, uh... Like, after Endgame, there's nothing really going on with them. Like, they're not left with any real other than... Which, I don't think is a spoiler. Like, they're... I'm pretty sure in Endgame there's a copy of Gamora, right? That shows up. Right, right. And so Mm -hmm. it's just like... Other than that, I've got nothing. Um, yeah. like this that's the only thing and uh, somebody said it's very funny that the end game guys were like look we're gonna leave them with thor and we're gonna put them together and then you guys you guys do your adventures with them in later movies okay okay bye and then taika and james gunn were like yeah we're not gonna do that like because taika <laughs> literally <laughs> immediately drops him off in love and thunder he's like all right bye thor see you later we're gonna go do our own thing and this one he like there's like a scene where he's he's describing to old or i guess the you know split uh gamora what happened pretty much like summarizing kind of yeah. like you know you were this you died but then you know this and that and it's it's written with such sass and spite that it's pretty obvious that jim's gone when he was watching any game he's like these motherfuckers man like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to be doing that he's like he's like i i left you i gift you know i gifted you guys a perfect layup and then you guys come pull this bullshit I'm so fucking pissed at you guys. And so he's like in this, like a, it's a small scene, but he pretty much, you know, he works with what he has and he makes it work, but it's pretty obvious that he like, wasn't too happy about having to deal with this Gamora timeline clone thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that's one of those things where it's like, I was always surprised how well it worked that like, despite all these directors working on their separate project, like, there was a... Like, somehow the cohesion, like, people didn't very often get set up with something they didn't want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody was ever like, I can't believe I gotta deal with this now. <laughs> yeah. But, 
Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm glad he dealt with it well at the very yeah. least. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I saw a tweet that is actually kind of interesting. Um, That's not really a spoiler because it's, it's timelines that have already happened. But somebody said they were like, Guardians 3, Volume 3, takes place 12 years after Guardians 2. Okay. And so I was like, wait, what? And they were like, yeah, so Guardians 1 and 2, they take place within a couple months of each other, even though they're a couple years apart in 2014. And then in 2018 is Infinity War. And then, you know, there's a five-year gap, you know, from the from the blip, whatever. Yeah. That takes it to 2023. And then two years later is like Love and Thunder, which is 2025. Okay. And then that would mean that that was last year. So then this year's 2026 is Volume 3. So it's 12 years since the since the the different volumes and it's crazy because you know like yeah that makes sense time passes or whatever but it just feels like you know they all look yeah they don't really address it there's like oh yeah they don't go (laughs) i mean the most you can notice is uh what's his name um groot but even then it's like sometimes he grows fast sometimes he's like a little stick sometimes he like grows back his limbs really quickly so it's like "Ah." yeah yeah so um i'll probably check it out at some point i don't know if it'll be in theaters but it'll it'll be on the list of things to watch yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think, you know, once it comes on um, HBO, not HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, or, you know, if you see, have a chance to see it, I, I totally recommend it. It is, it's a little long, it's two and a half, which I think is longer than the other ones. Um, but I was never bored. I was never like, wow, this is so slow. And I actually wouldn't mind going to see it again. So it's definitely a movie that, you know, yes, it's, it's a little emotionally taxing and it is a little long, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, also Guardians is Kalen's favorite part of the mcu i believe so oh nice nice. definitely definitely is gonna end up on the list all right so what else you got yeah i also um i'll do this one quick and then i'll do another one i rewatched rogue nation mission impossible rogue nation the fifth one Mm -hmm. um i said i was gonna watch it this weekend and then i forgot until the weekend had ended and i was like oh biffed it (laughs) (laughs) now you're fine i mean you know you got uh, we got two months before the next one so you got Time to catch up with this one and uh, Fallout. Um, but uh, two things. One, um, time flying by is crazy, man. Because I feel like I just fucking started this rewatch. But it's been no. like four months, right? Like, I think when I right. first was like, I'm going to watch one a month. And then every time I watch one, I'm like, it feels like yesterday that I just rewatched one of these. But so that's one. And then two, I found myself really liking this one more than I remember I, I had the first time I watched it. I only watched okay. it the one time in theaters. I watched clips of it here and there since then. That was almost, that was eight years ago. And so then, you know, I, this is my first time rewatching it in full, like at home, full attention since then. And I found myself liking it a lot more than I remembered. And I probably like it the second most. I probably bumped wow. Ghost Protocol down one and this one up one. Um, just because I feel like I rewatched Ghost Protocol and I feel like the story doesn't, isn't quite as engaging as I remembered it being. And this one is. There's a couple of twists toward the end that you go, whoa, or like that. I was like, oh, wow, damn, I didn't remember that part. Um, and it works really well. And there's a great, there. It, well, yes, there, there's a great scene that I won't mention. But anyway, it's great. The action scenes are pretty good. Um, not like as good as uh, Fallout's, but I think it's it's pretty good. I do think the the scene with the building in four is probably better. Um, yeah. But the stuff here, like the the pitter patter and the the twists and turns, are much better. And the cinematography, I think, is much better here than in, in the rest of them. Um, and so, yeah, so that's Rogue Nation or Mission Possible Rogue Nation. Next month is my favorite Fallout, and I I, I don't. I mean, it's my it's my favorite by like. A good margin, right? Like, I don't yeah. see right. myself being like, well, you rewatch Fallout, and I actually think this one's bad. I think Fallout is excellent. It's really, really great. Um, so, so that's next month. And then I also watched um, Evil Dead Rise, and it's a horror movie that came out last month, and it was pretty good. I think if you are looking for, if you're somebody who likes horror movies, who doesn't like, like, it's not really scary. It's thrilling, right, in the way that, you know, somebody's on the ground and there's a demon chasing them, like, crawling toward them. And you're like, oh, God, oh, oh. it's like that. Yeah. It's not really scary. It's like, oh, my gosh, are they going to get him? Um, so it's like that. And it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's insanely gory. Like, it's like... I remember... Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I remember no. the Evil Dead remake. There was a mm-hmm. scene in the trailer where I was like, yeah. that is fucking raw. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
where she licks the uh, box cutter. The glass, it, or I thought it was oh. glass from a mirror in the bathroom. I could oh, be wrong. Oh yeah, and she she cuts but, like she, she smashes the glass herself? mirror and she's like licking it and it's like cutting her tongue like straight down the uh-huh. middle. I was like, that's mm-hmm. fucking rough, bro. And yes, I was like, that's yes, just that's in the, the trailer. Yeah, and then oh. I think she, like, in the movie, she does that, and she's, like, licking it and, like, cutting her tongue in half, and then she, like, starts making out, or she, like, blood kisses a girl that's, like, that she's, like, trying to scare. Yeah. And so it's like that. But that, so the, the first three are, like, very campy, very goofy. Oh, yeah. Like, in the first one, from what I've heard, I don't think the first one was supposed to be. Right. I think the first one was supposed to be a legitimate, like, scary movie. And like it was so it it was so bad it was good, and then mm-hmm. they just leaned super hard into it. They're like, all right, cool, we can do that. Like it, it's so yeah. campy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then two is campy as shit, right? It's like kind of like it's a little bit like Looney Tunesy, like the yeah. hand is possessed, and it's like you know, con- oh, I can't control it. Oh, and it's like you know, it grabs a plate and it smashes it over the head of the person whose hand it yeah. is, and it you know, like that kind of stuff. And then twenty third one, the third one, they're like they're like they go back in time. And they're oh, yes. in, like, yes. a medieval, medieval. section. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, I can't remember what happens again, but he ends up in, like, a supermarket. Like, a like mm-hmm. a modern-day supermarket. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here, bro? Somebody said... <laughs> the third one's called Army of Darkness, but they should have called it Medieval Dead. Like, oh, man, that would have been right a good there. one. Yeah, right. And so, and so the 2013 one is a pretty straightforward... It's, like, a, it's like played straight, right? It's, like, mm-hmm. there's a demon in here, and it's, like, you know... It, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very, like... We, it's like matter of fact, right? It's like the difference right. between like Batman and Robin and the Dark Knight, right? It's like yeah. that. It, there's callbacks, but like, yeah, that's the extent. Like they're mm-hmm. like, you know, you'll recognize some of these things, but we're not really addressing those. Yeah, and I do think, I think this one is probably seventy five percent in the twenty thirteen, and then twenty five percent in the other ones. Maybe actually okay. probably like closer to like eighty twenty. Um. But then what ends up happening is that when things happen that are closer to the 20, because they're trying to make it fit in the 80, it feels a little off. It feels a little like, like, right? Like you have this explicit violence. Yeah. And then they say a line or they have a gag from the originals. That's kind of like a callback. And then you go, oh, right, right, right. Okay. So almost yeah. to the point where you oh, wish that it had... one of these movies. Okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you kind of wish that it had been a little bit... I wish that it had been a little bit campier, a little bit, like, more jokey, um, which I think would have required a much more... You probably do the 80-20 because it is very hard to do something that's probably closer to 50-50 or 60-40. You must... Right. You I, the closest much... thing I can think of off the top of my head is, like, Multiverse of Madness. I feel like there's, like, that's yes. about 50-50. Yes, and mm-hmm. that was very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, uh, like definitely handled. It's like very like you have to know. Yeah, your but shit. Like, uh, not controversial, but like it was very like there were people who definitely hated that movie. I feel like. Oh yeah, and there were people who loved it. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. it's uh, God, divisive. Yeah, there it is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's kind of divisive in that some people are not going to like that much campiness where i feel like if you go 80 20 yes most people are bought in and some people like the 20 and some people won't but the 80 exactly no yeah it's much more you know i don't want to i think it's very well made and it does look great but i do think it is a little bit of a you know you got your training wheels kind of thing right right and I so um uh but but it's still it, it's great and there are little callbacks to other horror movies in the movie like it's so fun watching a movie where the the director clearly tries to do different things, right? There's like, there's a there's a shot called a split diopter shot. I think I mentioned it on here before, where it's they take a lens and it's like a bifocal. You know how sometimes people, old, I don't know if it's old people or maybe younger people to have them, but it's like you know they have the regular glasses and then at the bottom they have like a super extra thick so they can like read yep. shit. You know, so they put one of those over the lens of the camera, and so what ends up happening is that. You have two things in the shot that are in focus. So, like, they'll put a Coke can on one side of the camera, and it'll be super in focus, and then there'll be, like, a little bit of blurriness, and then it'll be me in the background, like, looking at it, right? It's kind of like that meme of, um, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, like, the meme of Lois looking at a pill bottle, and she's, like, you know, Lois from Family Guy. And I so it's, like... I haven't seen it. 
but it's it's yeah so it's like it's like that though and so they have a bunch of those like somebody you know you see like scissors and they're in the focus and then there you see the person in the background and it's like little shit like that that people used i mean they used to use this all the time they don't really use them anymore Mm -hmm. but it's like that or there's like um first person view stuff there's a great shot that's like from the shining where he's like somebody's leaning their head against the door and the camera's like on the ground looking up like that and then there's like twists and like the camera pans and swooshes and so you know and it all takes place in one apartment complex right so right you have to be inventive and they, there's like a nice it keeps you on your toes kind of like guardians 3 where you know well this one was only an hour and a half but you know i was never like well, all right another you know person gets this and that right um it's it's yeah so it's a lot of fun i think it'll it should be on hbo max soonish Okay. Because it was originally supposed to be an HBO Max movie, and then they like tested, they did an audience test thing, and then they tested so well that they just put it in theaters, and it's actually done really well. So I'm glad that they they did that. Um, but yeah, I totally kind of like Guardians. I gave this one a four. I think I gave Guardians a four and a half or four, but I gave this one a four because it's it's not like the story's fine, the performances are fine, but I think it does everything so well, and it's such a fun time. I can't wait to rewatch it. Because there's little set pieces that are really well done. And then all the gore stuff is just really cool too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's Evil Dead Rise. And it's in theaters now. And it should be in theaters for a while. And I think it should be on HBO Max relatively soon. Because, I don't know, it's been like, a, I guess like a month and some... Oh, actually, it's been a li- like, a, like a little bit under a month. Like three or four weeks now. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, so, I, I've watched all the Evil Dead movies. That, sorry. So the one, when's the most recent one you said came out? Not this one, but the one before that. Uh, twenty thirteen. Okay, so I I did see twenty thirteen, but I think me and Kalen saw it. And the original three, me and my dad watched. Um, and my dad I think also watched twenty thirteen, but I don't know, um, how he felt about it. So, but with that being said, me and my dad will probably watch this one once it comes to HBO Max. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. There is a great. There is a, there is something that 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 I'm gonna say references or points back to the Last of Us Part Two that I think bodes well for the show, and that's all. It's kind of where I'll leave it. Where I'm like, oh, cool, that'd be cool, that'd be neat. So um, when you watch it, let me know and be like, oh, dude, that's the thing. I'm like, yep, that's the thing. And so yeah, I'll definitely I'll let you know. Yeah. Um. So two things, uh, two more things I'll touch on real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has prompted me not to play it uh, because, like, I have a million things on my list. Um, one of the things being Resident Evil 2 Remake, which came out, I think, maybe a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about starting the Resident Evil 2 Remake, and I was like, I haven't played Resident Evil 1 in a long time, and maybe even ever. I'm not positive. Because if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong on this, I think you're in the mansion uh, in both 2 and 1. I could be wrong, but I think you end up in the mansion in 2 again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not for the whole game, but I feel like the mansion's familiar to me. Um, So, Resident Evil 1, there was a remake in 2003 on the GameCube, um, and they have ported that remake to the PS4, PS5. So, it's not a new remake, but it is still a remake um, that is remastered for these. Um, I did not buy it. I'm like 99% sure it was a free with PlayStation Plus game at one point that I downloaded and then never played um, because it was already in my library. So, Mm -hmm. anyways, I started playing it. I think... I think I can have appreciation for it, but I think I'm also going to fucking hate this game. Uh, <laughs> it is... It is the most survival that... like It is the most survival horror that Resident Evil has ever been, I think, is a pretty safe way to put it. I think Resident Evil 4 is is if if we're looking at it like on a chart from survival horror to action i think resident evil 4 is slightly past the midpoint towards action um because like while it, it is there is some like horror bits and like there is a limited inventory i don't feel like you're ever legitimately like all that worried about like 
surviving, I guess. Like you like you may get killed, but it doesn't feel the same as like a long term like I've put myself in a really bad fucking spot. Right. Um right. Resident Evil One seems to be nothing but that. Um <clears throat> it's super open ended. There are a million fucking puzzles all over the place. Uh like there's you only have eight eight inventory spots. Um that everything is the same size so like pistol ammo knife and like green herbs is half your inventory and that's like the bare minimum shit you need to have on you at all times like you know what i mean like yeah and then it's like you'll walk by and there'll be like a shield on the wall and you can tell you're like fuck i'm gonna need that and so you grab it and then you're like you fucking walk by and there's like a jeweled arrow sticking out of a body and you're like that's something and you like grab it and you don't know where any of these things go, but, like, you have them on you because you know you're going to run into them later. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so much of that game is just fucking like that. And um, it has it has, it has has updated controls. It's not the old tank controls. It's kind of like the Resident Evil 4 controls. But right. it still uses the pre-rendered camera angles. Mm. Um, which, I don't know if you... Did you know the first one did that? Or that yeah, really it's in like that. yeah, it's like the the one in the in, it's like a, you know in the corner of the room. Yeah, kind of thing, like you'll right? turn a hallway and it'll just be at the end of the hallway and you'll be, be the, yeah, be the, the hallway camera, or run down away. it. Yeah, and um, the dogs come out. Yeah, so it's like it's like that. Um, I have died to the pre. I mean this with one hundred percent. I have died to the pre-rendered camera angle like twice, where like I'm <laughs> running like. Ammo's very scarce, and inventory space is also scarce. So, like, if you time it just right, you can stab the zombie with the knife and then back up before it lunges at you. And I tried to do that once, but I didn't realize I was right on the edge of a pre-rendered camera angle. So, like, stabbed him. My guy took one step back, the camera angle switched, and I was holding the wrong way, so he ran towards the zombie and got eaten. I was like, damn it. (laughs) Um... The other thing is, this one has a mechanic that really enhances the survival horror thing, but I think it's an absolute dog shit mechanic. Like, it works for exactly what they're wanting to do, but I just think there are too many external factors for this to be a good way to do things. You have limited saves. Um, you To save your game, you need to find a typewriter, which is a save point, and you need mm-hmm. to have ink ribbon, which is a consumable item. So, like, right now, I have three ink ribbons, which means I can save three times and i have to hope that i can find more or else i won't be able to save now that's it it's it's not as bad on a ps5 because i can put my playstation in rest mode and when i turn it back on i'll be in the same spot even though i didn't save that shit was dog shit when it was a playstation one oh because there is like you had to like like there was no point in starting that game if you only had like 30 minutes because you're gonna waste one of your saves and achieve nothing so like 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 the old pokemon ones where i mean i don't know if this was you but like i would play pokemon on my game boy and they didn't have like a percentage it was just a little red light bulb and if the little red light bulb was really low yeah it could just turn off on you and if you weren't saving all the time i mean there was one time i lost like an hour of playing time where i was like my god why lord right yeah, so it's the like, first, yeah. just for reference, the first, the first night I tried to play this, I watched all the opening cutscenes, I fucking grabbed the, uh, <laughs> I grabbed the fucking ink ribbon, I went to, like, one room, saw a zombie, tried to deal with it, I saw the typewriter, and I was like, there's no point in me saving just now, I haven't done anything yet, saw mm-hmm. a zombie, it bit me once, I was like, you can only get bit three times and you're dead. It bit me once. I was like, Mm-mm, fuck this. Ran out. And then I was checking another room. And if you try... Like, I wasn't trying to leave the mansion. But if you go to the front door of the mansion, I was just going to see, like, what flavor text it had. Mm-hmm. Bro, he opens the door and a fucking dog jumps in. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I died. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I got to watch all the cutscenes and shit again because I didn't save. And I was like, I'm done with this. It just fucking, like, turned it off. And I was like, nope, I'll try it again later. Like, that was my first experience with this game. Like, it, it got me immediately. Because um, it doesn't even make an autosave after the cutscenes. Like, it was, I was like, I have to choose the character, do the cutscenes all over again. Um, 
Also, unrelated thing, or not unrelated, but, like, just a little kind of uh, insight to what these fucking games are like. There are, from what I've read, there are 12 different endings in Resident Evil 1. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you can play as two different characters. Um, the storylines vary for each character. Like, you don't see the other one that often, so, like, theoretically they could be doing the thing from theirs, but it doesn't really make sense if they did. Um, but out of the 12 endings, zero of them are canon. Like, zero of them are the correct ending going into Resident Evil 2, which is hilarious (laughs) to me. Because in Resident Evil 2, the Mm -hmm. way it ends is that there's a line from Wesker, who is the bad guy in in these, uh, and I don't know if you knew, but like, in Resident Evil 1, he is a member of your little police force called fucking Stars. Like, he's, you have no idea. He's just a regular dude. Um, that is like your ally. Uh, but like apparently in Resident Evil 2, he makes, he, he remarks a line about like Chris being the one that fucks everything up. So like everyone's like, all right. So with that being said, the only reason he'd be so mad at Chris is if you play as Chris, you do most of the stuff. So like, if he's like, Chris is the one meddling around, it's like, okay, so it has to be one of Chris's because he's the one doing all the shit. But like in those Jill doesn't get the shotgun. And Jill canonically somehow is, like, to been determined to be the one that found the shotgun. So, like, it's already impossible. But even on top of that, out of all of Chris's endings, the ending that happens leading up to Resident Evil 2 is supposedly that they all get to the roof and escape. And none of Chris's endings, none of the endings, period, does everyone escape on the roof. Like, like <laughs> someone dies no matter what uh-huh. in any of these endings. And then Resident Evil 2 is like, no, nah, they all got out okay. No, no, it's like, what? It's kind of like, um, it's a little bit like the Evil Dead, right? Where every movie, like, sort of recaps the previous one. Yeah. But it's, like, a little different. Like, I think I was watching the kill count for Evil Dead 2, and they're like, well, in the first one, it was, like, a bunch of people in the car. But in Evil Dead 2, it's just two people. So they just changed it. <laughs> And they didn't go like, "Hey, it's a new one." They just like, "It's just like the story again." Yeah, that and that's a hundred percent what they did. Um, but anyways, that's Resident Evil One. Uh, it was free to me, so I'm giving it a shot. Um, I can remark on all the ways that this is kind of foundational for the genre, while also realizing that I don't fucking like it. Um, <laughs> also, um, so much time is spent around like fucking this door locked. It has emblem of a shield. This door, locked. Emblem of a helmet. And you're like, all right, I need a helmet. And then, like, you're just trying all these doors and finding all these things. You're just trying to, like, I, I gotta make something happen. But you're just wandering around. And I'm like, I'm wasting so much time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you, um, there's a new Jacob uh, Geller video about Resident Evil 4, the remake. Yeah. And he sort of mentioned that, what you just said, where you're like, he says that. He's like, you know, you can see, you can't play the remake because it doesn't have that freshness of 4. And if you try to play 4... You can be like, well, this is fine, but it's, you know, I, like, I can see, like, where the, you know, Gears of War, or The Last of Us, where all these movies took, or all these games took what we had and ran with it. And it's like that, where you're saying, where you're like, I can see, like, when one came out, what it did, and I can appreciate it. But I don't know if I can now, having played everything that came from that influence, with, like, wow, I can't believe they're allowing this, because you just can't, right? You right. just can't go to, to, to when that wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all right, so here's a good example. I saved at a point. I was playing for like an hour, hour and a half. I died. I did not save between that. I was able to get up to that hour and a half later knowing what, like, the knowledge I had gleaned. I was able to get to that same point in like 15 minutes. Like, so Mm. much of this game is wandering around and trying to feel your way through shit and figure shit out. Like, once I figured it out, I was like, oh, and I just, like, ran to the exact rooms in which order I remember I needed to do them and, like, cut out mm-hmm. a whole bunch of time. Um, which is probably by design for a game that limits your saves. You know what I mean? Like, it's supposed right. to be strenuous, but, like, once you figure it out, it should be pretty simple. Um, so there's that. Uh, another fuck, just the last time I played it, uh, the thing that made me stop was um, <laughs> I found a safe room where you can drop items off. I drop items off, I leave, I go, th- like, onto this balcony, uh, or, like, back porch area. There's It's fenced off, and there's two dogs, two zombie dogs, running around outside mm-hmm. the fence. And I'm like, okay. And I go to pick up uh, some herbs at the end, but I don't have enough space for all of them. And I'm like, well, I'm 
I'm pretty close to the safe room. So I pick up what I can. I go back to the safe room. I dump the shit off. And I go back to pick up the herb I left behind. I fucking walk out. I -hmm. see the one dog. And I'm like... Oh, and earlier I tried stabbing the dogs through the fence. Like, the moment I saw them, I was like, can I just stab them through the fence? No. (laughs) I I see the one dog. I round the corner to the next pre-rendered screen, which is the same area. Fucking the other dog is inside. Jumps at me, bites me. I'm, like, trying to shoot it. It's fucking dodge. It it fucking murders me. And I was like, these motherfuckers are new, bro. (laughs) Like, like when you step outside the first time, you hear the dogs and you're stressed. And then you see they're outside the fence. You're like, "Ah, I'm good. And they had to know that people were going to, like come back because it's a dead end the only thing that's there is those herbs so people they had to know like people are not going to drop off enough stuff and they're going to have to come back to pick up and then that's when we're going to get them like you sons of bitches bro (laughs) got me um so that's that uh the other thing i was going to say i'm like halfway through season 11 of always sunny Mm -hmm. there's been two episodes recently that like really took me down um one of them is uh the gang tries desperately to win an award that shit murders me. Um, <laughs> uh, do you remember that episode at all? No, I was gonna ask. I was like, "What? Uh, what happens in that one?" I remember so the Five for Charlie one, but not the other one. All right, so the the gang desperately tries to win an award. They they're like, "We've never been in the, we've never won an award for best bar. All these other, we've been here forever." And like, and so they go to, they go to some bar that's like all like it's super brightly lit. It's like modern. There's like lights all over. They got all these weird cocktails and stuff. And they're like, all right, let's just try and do that to win the award. It's the it's the bar that won the award last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they try to bring it to theirs, and Dennis is like, all right. Uh, at the other bar, there's like a a bartender, and there's two bartenders, one male, one female, and they're like, they have this like will they keep saying like the will they won't they, um, <laughs> and so Dennis tries to set up Mac and D to have a will they won't they, but they like they just like get shitty and like catty with each other instead and like people are there and she, she says something and it's supposed to be like a playful barb and max says something that d takes personal d goes like yeah well at least like at least my father's not in jail and my mother doesn't smell like a lit cigarette and like mac immediately freaks out and goes from like haha to like don't you say that about my mom? It like grabs her like by the neck oh, and yes. everyone in it. Like, oh my god! And Dennis has to come over and be like, "Jesus, stop! Like, you're, you're going over the top." Um, but that episode's great. There's so many little funny bits in that. And then the the flowers for Charlie, um, is the episode where they <laughs> they're doing a study and they're like, "We want somebody mm-hmm. actually dumber is better." And they see Charlie, and so they do the study and they give him fake medicine for him to think he's getting smarter. And, like, then they just, like, kind of, like, they don't tell him. They just ask. They're like, have you been having any negative side effects? And he's like, uh, you know, I have been getting, like, headaches. And so, like, after, like, I think it's legit. I can't remember if it's, like, I think it's two weeks um, that, like, the test goes on for or something like that. It might even be two days, but that seems too short. I think it's two weeks. Um, and, like, they come back to the study. They're presenting to the thing. And fucking Charlie is now, like, completely debilitated. He's in a, like, wheelchair. He can't, like, move. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, the smartest person in the world. Um, and he, fuck, my favorite, the part that killed me, I don't know why. It's the way he pronounces it. It's the way he delivers the line. He gets up from his wheelchair. And he's like, I've grown quite weary. And this shit kills me every fucking time. Right, he just he gets, I've grown quite weary, and so he sits down and he tries to explain. And the guy's like, the Asian dude that's running the study is like, so we actually gave him uh, a fake pill, and like he's not been getting smarter. He immediately has placed himself above all of his friends. He's like cut people off. He uh, he goes, um, he even thinks he's learned Mandarin in just two weeks. And then fucking Charlie goes, but. She's so awesome. And it like says some shit. And he's like, and the, Asian, the Asian guy's like, again, that's gibberish. <laughs> and it just uh, kills me. And then it, like he immediately like realized, like, oh, I'm fine, actually. And like, it's just, God, it's just, it's such a great episode. He's like shitting on Frank all the time. He's smarter. And they're like, nah, it's just fake pills. Um, oh, he cut off the waitress. 
Oh my, like the whole thing was fucking incredible. But yeah, mm. I don't know. The way he delivered that line, like, I've grown quite weary, um, fucking took me down. But yeah, so that that episode, those two episodes are both really solid. There's been other good ones, obviously, but those are kind of recent on my list, and uh, I remember them. But yeah. Uh, so anything else you've watched? Um, or, no, or, no that, that was it from, for, for um, yeah, my watching this week. Okay, so uh, on here, we've got the uh, Writers Guild of America strike. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say is that I'm so fucking happy that, I don't know if this is, like, a bad way to say it, but, like, I'm so fucking happy that, like, Succession and Barry are already done. Like, like I don't right, have to worry like, about this the... interfering with those. Like, those are just right. going to be fine. Um, like, I would 100% support the, the strike, but, like, if those shows got ruined in the process, I'd be like, it's a damn shame. Like, right. Like, they put it in, it's like, it's kind of like how, um, you know, people look back and they're like, man, Endgame literally came out, like, 10 months before COVID. Like, what would have happened if they had had to delay it a year? Like, what, like, what would the world be, right? Right. Um, so it's like that. It's like Indiana Jones getting his hat right before the, the, the fucking wall closes, you know, fucking smushes it. Right. So. No, yeah, I know. And it's like the one thing where it's like, damn, they got it right into the, right into the fucking <laughs> deadline. Um, no, yeah, I'm the same. I'm supporting them. And, you know, I'm, what I'm glad is that it seems like um, the difference. I remember that old. I remember the previous strike because I remember back then I used to watch a lot of you know, the network TV shows like 30 Rock, Community, like all yeah. those on Thursdays. But I also watch like. The Daily Show and SNL and I forget there was another show that tried to go on the air with without writers, and they just kept going right. They just trudged through it. And back then, like, I you read know, it, I, there was one. Sh- I, I think what I read was that like all these shows started doing poorly except for like I feel like I read the Colbert Report. Like he like he was still good. Like he was good enough that it like didn't immediately drop in mm-hmm. quality and come off the air. Like he was like yeah. Um, but like that was the only one and all the other ones like eventually were like, all right, we just got to stop because this is going yeah. bad. Like, <laughs> when, when the crazy thing is that, you know, back then I feel like, well, maybe, you know, I was also younger, but like, I didn't see it on the news. Like, I mean, I saw it like, like strike continues, but it wasn't like nowadays it's like everywhere. Maybe because it, you know, it's Twitter and I see it more yeah. often, but oh, it I feels like people are remember, much more tuned to it. Yeah. I remember heroes was super popular and it turned mm-hmm. to shit. And I remember, like, the first time I learned about the writer's strike was probably after it was over. And they were like, oh, yeah, the reason it's shit is because of the writer's strike that happened. And right. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. And I feel like now, because everybody knows, shows, instead of being like, fuck it, we're going to just push on with with the, with the post-it notes that we have. Like, um, was the James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. Like, you're just like, fuck it. We have, like, the scraps of notes. We have, like, pretty much just, like, get that paper that was in the grinder. We got to get it out and make a script read, out of it, right? I read that one was, like, especially heinous. Like, I, I I don't know. Like, you probably know all this. But I read that, like, even going into it, they were like, we, we don't have much of a script. We have, like, a bare bones one, but it's okay because the writers will be able to guide us through it. So, like, not only was their script, like, like they say every movie needs writers all the time for, like, small tweaks. It's, like, what turns it from, like, just a body of work to a, like, refined thing that you've created. Um, but, like, even still, like, this one especially, Quantum of Solace, was, like, we really only have the bare bones and the people. And, like, then it was, like, and the writer's strike. And they're, like, fuck, bro. I don't, I don't know. Like, we're just winging it. And I read, like... That so much was done when the writer strike ended. Apparently, there was a gap. Like the writer strike ended, and then they had a little bit of time to try and salvage it. And they were like, before that, it was like truly awful, and they did salvage it some, like, <laughs> which is just yeah. an awful. Like, it's just crazy, right? Because they they're just like, we're just gonna yeah make it work somehow, and like we're just gonna film the movie without writers and just we'll make it work and see what happens and then that, that movie is fucking terrible <laughs> same thing with the transformers the second one i mean the movie the transformers movies were never going to be great but two is especially right d- disgustingly terrible um and so yes but that, that's the nice thing about difference now right is that i think nowadays if you have a big production which i'm hoping this is what happens at least in tv shows this is this is what's happening where 
you know, like Andor, the Star Wars show is like stopping production. I think shows are stopped being like, you know what, we can't do it. And then just straight up just shutting down. Whereas before I feel like Lost and Heroes and all these other ones that have just been like, fuck it, we're just going to shoot what we can and we'll make it work and we'll do it on the fly and we'll just cobble it together. So that's nice. I think, I, I don't know if it'll last as long. Because that one lasted, they said like 100 days. Yeah. This one's going on a week and some change. So maybe by the time it's, you know, you're listening to this, maybe it'll keep going, maybe it'll be over. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, everything's on pause. It's all getting pushed back. You know, oh, what was the yeah. other show? Uh, Severance is on pause. We'll oh, okay. figure it out. I think, um, I wonder if they've done, like, the, the math and the calculus on it. And, like, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how true this is because they've made more of them and I think are still making more of them. So this is probably not a fair thing to say, but it's how it is for me. Like, hearing that the second Transformers movie was terrible, like, killed that franchise for me like i was like oh okay well i don't want to watch it and then like the third one came out and i was like i mean the second one was terrible and i'm not gonna watch it so like i mean obviously they made money if they kept making them but like i have to imagine the amount of money they would have made if the second one wasn't straight awful would have probably been substantially more you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you get more people are along for a ride the whole time so i wonder if shows and movies now are kind of doing the math where they're like We'll negotiate, but, like, we're not going to push forward because if your severance and your second season's dog shit, like, how many people are really going to trudge through that second season to get to the third season back up to form? You know what I mean? Exactly. Right, right. It's like, fuck it, bro. We'll just put it on hold. I'm not risking it. (laughs) Exactly. And that's... that's... We're still going to bitch about having to pay you guys too much for sure. Like, we're not happy about it, but we are going to put this shit on hold. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad I'm, you know, right after they do that and we'll see where it goes. But I mean, I'm, you know, it's a whole other can of worms, the, the, the whole AI bullshit stuff and the writing yeah. and stuff. And so that's a whole other thing. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like pause everything, get it figured out. And But I'm sure some studios, you know, I'm sure the Marvel ones, right? Whatever, whatever Marvel movie they're filming, they're probably like, all right, well, can't film the movie stuff so just do the action scenes and we'll figure it out the rest right right or you know we'll figure out this and that like no but they're not literally not going pause everything because that machine is so fucking big that it yeah. would take forever to get back going again so they're like just do what we can without the writers right and i'm hoping i'm hoping that they're not continuing production on them like straight up yeah. but knowing them they're like well motherfucker we put a flag down on july 4th 2026 we got to meet it right and, right because they are greedy like that exactly but yeah i mean i hope the writers get everything they should um yeah mm-hmm. the money's out there it's not like they're right yes for money at the bottom exactly the right that's what they're saying it's like the money's there it's just about them wanting to give it up for it right give yeah it up it's like it. when people complain that like players make too much money and it's like well uh who do you want to have the money instead the owners the you know what i mean like billionaires uh, the guys who have the money right <laughs> exactly um, but yeah, so that's the Riders Guild strike. Hopefully, nothing we mm-hmm. love is affected too much, and everybody gets everything they want. Yeah. Um, so there's that. The next bullet point on here, I'm gonna. I'm thinking that this is a slight typo, and that maybe it says the NFL's announcement for the announcement. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's what's up? Yeah, maybe it's, it's uh, last week they they put out there like everybody. Get ready. This is the announcement for the announcement of the schedule. So, oh, okay. like, the schedule yeah, comes okay, out yeah, okay. tomorrow at the time of this recording, and they put a tweet out. They did something. They're like, next week, get ready, because we're announcing that there's going to be an announcement next week about the schedule. <laughs> and it just shows, I put on here, that it just shows the, 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 the how much football reigns supreme Oh, my God. Sports. People were like, oh, uh, Travis Kelsey's mom posted that both her kids are playing in Philly in week five. And it's like, okay, oh my God, we know that yeah. the, pa- the, the Chiefs the are playing. playing. Put it down, write it down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's so bizarre because it feels like, kind of like, remember when I was talking about back college basketball a couple weeks ago? Or a couple, yeah, a couple weeks ago. I guess at this point months, where I was like, somehow we stumbled into this living situation where we talk about quad victories, right? This is a quad one win, but it becomes a quad two win. If you know, I don't know if you watch college basketball enough, because that's all they fucking talk about is whenever like this team won, it's like, it's a quad one victory, but it's, you know, because there's four quadrants. And in my mind, I was like, 
when the fuck did this become a thing? Like, I remember <laughs> watching it in college. I remember watching it after college. And this, it just kind of like everybody, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Where like one day everybody's like, yep, there's a quad one win. I'm like, woohoo. When is this a thing? When did when did we all decide we're going to use quad wins? And I feel like that's how I feel about this. When you're like, it's an announcement next week. I'm like, this wasn't a thing. We they used <laughs> to just tell us. They'd be like, now the schedule was released this morning. It wasn't like a thing that that that, that the league did. Yeah. And I don't oh. quite know when it started. I feel like, you know, it's like fucking. I mean, it's dramatic. But it's like it's 1984. It's like we've always been at war with Eurasia. It's like, well, no, we haven't. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, we've always announced the NFL this way. It's always been a countdown. Like, no, no. I like, okay, like, maybe it has, but certainly people didn't give a shit about it like this. You know what I not mean? Not like, like this. No. Yeah, I used to. I maybe the countdown like, was like Adam Schefter being like, "All right, so I need to know that in a week the schedule's coming out." <laughs> right, exactly. That people maybe like like writers, right? Or like right. You know, what is it called? Uh, new radio people might be like, "Hey, like tonight, you know, tomorrow morning, get ready for the schedule release." I remember because I would be, I you know, do my calendar for the year, or my, you know, and I would put down like birthdays or you know when this movie comes out and I would remember it'd be like, Oh yeah, when is the Cowboy schedule out? And I would check and it wouldn't be out. And like a month later, I'd check again and it just would be there. I'd be like, okay, right. cool. I guess they released it in that time. But yeah, it's just crazy how like it reigns supreme because no other league has this, right? Like no other league has announcement to the announcement of their schedule. Right. Um, like the most, the, the most I've, I can think of is like, People getting hyped to know, like, what the Christmas Day games are going to be for the NBA. It's, like, the closest thing I can come up with. Yeah. And that's, like, mm-hmm. one specific day, one specific slate of games that they always look forward to. And that's it. Like, uh, before when they used to be like, I wonder who's going to play Thanksgiving. Like, that's what I expect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like who are the Cowboys going to play? Who are the Lions going to play? Yeah, like, like or the, what is it, the... um. Who's going to face the Super Bowl champ on opening night kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, that was the extent of it. But now motherfuckers are like, hold on, let's see. Are the Bills going to play the blah, blah, blah on week two? Uh, on week at... four. That, that's probably going to be for the number one seed. I'm like, we don't even know shit about shit, right? <laughs> and so I just thought it was funny. I was like, well, yeah. you know, I just, like, all I've seen on my, and, and also it's, it's, it's kind of like an arms race, right? Where, like, um, every, now every team wants to have like the most um inventive release schedule video on twitter or right. on instagram right like i think a couple years ago the chargers had like an anime themed one yeah i remember like, that yeah yeah that was great yeah i remember the the browns one i think it was, was just a clip that said oh last year yeah, our, the browns one was like our lawyers have told us that we cannot make a clip about this game or something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. did you watch the video of the guy doing the? I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. The guy of the video doing the. You did. You did the 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 rap about the draft about. Oh my <laughs> he was god! Because they picked the running back at eight. <laughs> uh, god, what does he say? He's, he's like, so, he's like, we didn't take Jarlin because he got arrested. But y'all forget the last year we almost got a rapist. Or Oh, fucking and then terrible. he does like classic like how come everybody somebody talks about him but Desmond Ritter they talk about his leadership nothing about his actual skills or anything his leadership <laughs> like what the fuck and then he just goes <laughs> for <it> to rapping <laughs> god that was that was amazing it was, we almost signed a rapist and yeah I was like rape <laughs> he like put it over two lines <laughs> oh god that was incredible but yeah, um, yeah, the NFL is just out of control. It's like I, it has just like really taken over. Like any news about the NFL just trumps everything, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, if I mean, like, if you remember back, like when we were in high school, you know, this wasn't a thing. The draft being like a thing that's like a traveling thing wasn't like it right. was just at Radio Music Hall, right? It was just in New York every year, and then now every time that they do it, it's like. It's like a whole city comes together for the draft. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right, it's treated like the Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> right, um, like there's like a hundred thousand people like out in like city hall and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the NFL. Uh, and then the last thing we have on here is uh, like the surprising news that I feel like I saw something about this a while ago, and I just. Didn't hear anything for a while, and I just had assumed it had resolved itself. 
Yeah. Um, which is that uh, Jamie Foxx is in a hospital, and I think in like, I don't know if he's, a, I don't know if he's in like critical condition, but it's not looking good, right? Like, yeah. They, there haven't been many updates about it recently. They just kind, he's just kind of still in the hospital because he, he he went in like I think like a month or two ago, and then I saw a tweet right before we recorded saying that you know his family's preparing for the worst. And I'm like, my God, like. But they haven't said anything, which is, you know, totally fine. It's their own privacy. You know, they can you know, give us what they want, but stuff. But it's still, like, one of those, like, damn. I mean, I tweeted out. I was like, it would be a gargantuan loss for American culture. I mean, we talked about it. I put here, I looked it up, episode 114, like, a year ago, a little bit under a year ago, about just how much of a talent he is. You know, he is somebody who, you know, he can act. He can sing. He's very good on the mic like comedy wise he's very good a comedian just like regular like movies and stuff and it's not like that he can do them all like fine right it's not like he's like wow he's a good singer but he's an okay actor he's like no he's an oscar-winning actor and he can he has like grammys right like he's the right. fucking peak at both and he's also a really good comedy he's a really good comedian right so he does all of them at their peak right it'd be it, it, the closest his closest um like I say, like um, contemporary would be somebody like Eddie Murphy, right? Like somebody who does right. everything at, at their peak. And so, no, I just wanted to mention it just because I, I think, you know, we've talked about him before and we did a good chunk about him, you know, the previous episode about kind of like um, how much of a, of a talent he is. Yeah. And like we talked about how like part of his career seems like it was kind of squandered on like weird roles and then like yeah. kind of been having a renaissance lately. Um, so it just sucks to even hear about this. Uh, so, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully this is, uh, this topic is nothing. Uh, hopefully yeah. we said this and nothing comes to pass and we're like, oh, okay. That's just a weird little spot at the end of one of our episodes. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Kind of like how people, you know, there's like a, sometimes you forget about artists being in the hospital or something bad happened to them. Like, well, I remember when, when that guy was in a car accident, right? Like, Whoa. Yeah. I guess that's right. And like, yeah. and then years later they're, you know, sort of fine. So yeah, I just wanted to mention it because, like, you know, we talked about him before and, and how sometimes I feel like people always give Eddie Murphy his flowers because he saved SNL and he was in Beverly Hills Cop and he was huge, right? And, you know, he's, yeah. he hasn't been as much stuff recently, but people always are like, Eddie Murphy, right? Like Michael Jackson or something. But I feel like Jamie Foxx is somebody who people just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's Jamie Foxx, right? But they don't, they don't go, nobody ever stops and goes, holy shit, everybody, look, it's Jamie Foxx, right? Which right. is how I think people should react. And maybe they do, but it just doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like that, right? It feels right. like he's like, how can I say, like, um, like, you know, like Charles Barkley, right? Like, or Shaq, or, or Snoop Dogg. But I think he, he should be revered much more than he is, I think. Yeah, I think right. that's right. He's, like, underappreciated a little bit. Um, he, it's what his talent can pull out of certain things has seemed to have not been like really addressed uh, right. as well or appreciated as much. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just hopefully nothing comes of that and everything's yeah. good. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's the episode for this week. Uh, mm -hmm. If if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Evercaster ninety two on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at Diff Animals Pod. Or you can email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Peace. See you.